Forget your office premises, that ship has sailed. I'm semi-joking. But really, your website is your prime real estate. It's where your business lives for most of your customers. It's how people judge the quality of your business and how good you are, really. When I'm doing a seminar, I'll ask people uh, to vote between website A and website B, and then I'll ask them all sorts of questions about which is the best business, which has the best product, which has the best service, which has the best customer satisfaction, which gets the best reviews, and they'll all vote for website A. And the joke is, well, it's the same business. It's just a before and after of a website redesign. And of course, the punchline there is we are all judging businesses on their websites every day. We judge without any other kind of uh, any other information to go on, we will make first impressions about a business based on its website. So your website is really important. You know this, you're listening to the Exposure Ninja podcast. Whether you're using your site to attract leads or drive e-commerce revenue, your website can limit or boost your sales significantly. It has a large impact in your business's revenue that's attracted online. So What happens when you decide that your tired old website or your tired new Wix website is no longer fit for purpose and needs to be replaced? Well, in this show, I'm going to take you through the entire process of planning your new website as it happens at Exposure Ninja. Now, even if you're not planning a new website right now, this process is a really useful one to go through periodically to look for any gaps on your existing site, particularly if that's not something that you've reviewed recently. And of course, if you're unsure whether you need a new website, this episode will also help you to answer that question too. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We help our clients generate more leads and sales through their websites. And we've built a fair few websites. I legitimately have no idea how many websites we've built, um, but usually we're launching between one and 10 a week over the last 10 or so years. So safe to say there's a fair few websites out there that have been through this planning process. And this process is something that we have honed and refined over the years. Now, for many who are listening to this, they will have been through some form of website redesign at various points in their careers. And some of those website redesigns may have gone really well, some have may have gone really poorly, but the planning process is extremely important. Here's how most people out there plan their new website. One day they get a thought, something like, I don't really like my website, or my website isn't working, or even just, I'm just bored of my website, which by the way, yes, we've had as a reason for getting a website redesigned. They will then go to a designer who will design them a pretty picture of a website, and then they'll go from there. So what's wrong with this? Well, firstly, they are viewing their website through um, an ineffective lens, right? Your website is a performance tool. Think of it just like any other employee in the business. Now, if you were designing the perfect employee for a sales or marketing role, you probably wouldn't start by defining their physical characteristics, right? You wouldn't start with the design, in other words. 
you would start with the behaviors, the skills, and the outcomes that you want that person to generate. And it's exactly the same with your website. Your website is not just design. Now, it's a very understandable thing that people would just go straight to a designer and then they would start building their website from there. But it is all wrong because that way you just end up with a pretty dud. Don't get me wrong. Your new website should be stunning. When we're building sites for clients, our target is that it's the best looking site in their market. We want it to look sick. We want it to look amazing on desktop, mobile, tablet, whatever. But the design is not the starting point. As we define it, the website building process falls into three main stages. Now, there are sub-stages within these, but the three main stages are planning and wireframing. That's what we're looking at today. Then design, then build. So planning and wireframing, this is the focus of this episode. Sometimes you might not need wireframing if you already know that you're working with a particular template or whatever. But the important thing is that everything we're covering today happens before you go into design. So in the planning process today, what we're going to talk about, well, firstly, we're going to go through website structure. This is the starting point. This is basically the pages and their hierarchy that you're going to be building the site out of. We're then going to talk about conversion optimization planning. So this is how you plan to make sure that your website is generating you the leads or sales that you actually want it to. We're then going to look at SEO planning and how much of this work should be done before you go into design and before you go into build. We're going to talk about content planning and then we're going to touch on wireframing. Now in the wireframing section of this podcast episode, there are examples which I'll be talking through. Obviously, it helps to see these visually. So if you want to look at the examples I'm talking you through, there is a video version of this podcast episode on our YouTube channel as there is for all of our episodes. If you just search YouTube for Exposure Ninja, how to plan a website, you will find it. But I'm going to talk it through. I'm going to do my best to take something which is incredibly visual and explain it to you so that you can carry on your workout or your driving or whatever. Okay, so let's go through each of these five stages, then website structure, conversion, SEO, content and wireframing in order. And I'm going to talk through some examples. And we're even going to make a fictional website as we go so that we can see how all of this stuff works. Starting with website structure then. This is all about the pages and their hierarchy on the site. So how do you decide which pages your website should have? Well, the real answer is that there is no single correct answer here. There is no one definitive answer for the pages that your site should have. And as another asterisk on this, you're going to be continually adding pages, tweaking things as you go. And in fact, that's a really good point to make at this stage, if I may say so myself, uh, that your website should be thought of as a living, breathing, evolving thing. When we're building a site for clients, we try to emphasize that this is not once it's live, it's just done and you don't need to touch it again for another three months. Um, how often do you need motivation? How often do you need a bath? This is something that you continually do to maintain cleanliness and to maintain motivation. And your website should be a work in progress forever, a work in process forever. So this is something that you'll revisit. You'll continually be adding pages and content. And actually, if you can't, then that is one of the criteria that would um, lead you to getting your website redeveloped because this is something that you have to be able to do. So if we get the website pages and our website structure right, then users will find their way through the site. Google will love it. If we get it wrong or ignore it, then your site will end up being a confusing mess or lack the information that visitors need in order to make a purchase journey. 
So the job in this section basically is to list every single page that needs to be added to your site and work out how you're going to order them. When we're planning a website structure for a client, we use a bullet point format. This is really simple. So for example, your main top heading pages will be the first line of bullets, and then you'll have sub bullets for any menu structure that goes underneath. So um, if I just talk you through an example, a very, very simple site that we're building for a finance client, um, they've got eight core pages on their site. So those are home, bridging loans, case study, testimonials, why us, about us, team, blog, and contact. I think that's actually nine pages, but we take home off the menu. So those are all main pages, they're top level pages, and there are no child pages underneath them. So that's just a simple bullet point list of nine pages. Pretty straightforward. Now that's obviously for a very simple website for something that's much more complex. For example, the Exposure Ninja site where we have uh, in the region of 250 odd pages, what we will do is we will tier the bullet points underneath. So for example, if on our ExposureNinja.com site, we have a digital marketing services header page. And then underneath that, we have a content marketing page. And then underneath that, we have all of the different content marketing services that we offer, just as an example. So we'll indent these bullet points to denote the parent-child relationship between each of these. So that's the kind of format that we use. Um, how do you choose which pages to go through? Well, to add to your site, well, that's exactly what we're going to do now. So let's do one together. Let's make up a fictional business. And I'm going to set up a website to offer uh, tiling services, right? We need some tiling doing at home. And it's been an absolute nightmare to find anyone who will take our money or even turn up to quote us. So this seems like a great business to be in. So we're going to set up Tim's tiles, right? We're going to set up a new business called Tim's tiles. And you're going to help me plan out the website. So what we're going to do is we're going to start a basic template um, of all of the different pages that we're going to add. So we know, for example, that we're going to need a home page. This is the main page that we're going to be adding to our site. We know also that we're going to have a services page. So because I'm going to offer a range of different services with my tiling business, I don't want to put all of those services on just one page. I want to have separate pages for each of those different services, which allows me to optimize them, it allows me to get each of them ranked for their relevant keywords, it allows me to drive traffic to that specific page. So underneath my services page, I'm going to have a bathroom tiling page, I'm going to have a kitchen tiling page, I'm also going to offer tile cleaning and tiling repairs. So so far in my list, I've got a home page, I've got a services page with those four sub pages underneath. Now, because I'm going to be a local business, I'm not going to be traveling uh, up and down the country into different countries to offer my tiling services. I'm also going to have a locations page. This is going to allow me to give my customers and potential customers the information about where I serve. I'm going to have a testimonials page as well, because that credibility is really important for a business like tiling, where it turns out most tilers don't even turn up. <laughs> and then we're going to have an about us page and a contact page as well. So there are my top level pages. I don't need sub pages for most of those, except for this services page where I'm going to have the different services that I offer. Now, there are also a number of kind of necessary pages which we would always add to a website. For example, the contact page, your website is going to need a contact page. You're going to have a custom 404 page, which is what you're going to show if somebody clicks on a link that is broken. You're going to have a thank you page so that when they have completed uh, whatever your call to action is, they go through to a thank you page and you can track uh, people that hit that page as a conversion. You're going to have 
a terms and conditions page, and you're going to have a privacy policy page. So those six pages are kind of just, they're just always in there. You're always going to include them. And in fact, when we're building a website, we will always add those to the, 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 the website structure, to the website hierarchy. So what would you do? How would you play this if you were an e-commerce business? Well, let's just add a shop to the Tim's Tile website. Well, you would have a shop page and then you would have product categories and then you'd have subcategories underneath those. So let's say that I'm going to sell some tiling products. Uh, underneath my shop page might be a tiles product category where I'm going to be selling different tiles. I might then have subcategories underneath these of things like wooden tiles, composite tiles, stone tiles, whatever. I'm reaching the end of my tiling knowledge, by the way, if you hadn't figured that out already. But as well as tiles, I'm going to sell adhesives. So I might have a category page for adhesives and I might have a category page for grouting or grouts or whatever it's called. You know, the stuff that goes in between the tiles. So there's my shop and I've got my different product categories and I've got subcategories underneath those. Obviously, if you're running a huge e-commerce store, we've just done a, a teardown of one. I can't even remember who it was. That's terrible. But they were adding between oh, Fashion Nova. They're adding between apparently 600 to 900 different products uh, per week or month. Again, I can't remember. But obviously, they're going to have a massive structure where they're going to have men's clothing, women's clothing, children's clothing, pet clothing as their top level categories. They're going to have different subcategories underneath those. And they might even have uh, second level subcategories. So you might have women's clothing, dresses, evening wear might be the subcategory under dresses. And then you might have, you know, different types of dresses underneath those. Again, I've reached the limit of my knowledge of dresses, but you can see how this would work. So the goal of this section is really to itemize each of the different pages you're going to need on their site and think through the logical categorization. So think through how somebody would go about finding the right product or the right service that you're offering in as logical steps as possible. What we don't want people to have to do is to have to guess or have too difficult decisions. So we don't want it to be very difficult to, for people to find the page that they need. So you can make it difficult by either not being descriptive enough and not having enough subcategories, or you can make it difficult by having so many subcategories that lots of them seem to be basically identical. And then it's very difficult for people to choose between identical options. As a rule, we never really want people to have to choose for more than seven options. And these options should be very distinct. So it's quite easy for someone to choose. That makes it very easy for people to use our website. So you'll notice, for example, on most sites, you rarely have a top menu, which includes more than seven different options. And then when you click on any of those categories, you'll rarely have subcategories where there's more than seven options. And then underneath those, there'll rarely be more than seven options. As soon as you start giving people 10, 12 different options to choose from, by the time they get to the end, they've forgotten the first one. So it becomes very demanding for someone to be able to use your site. So that is the structural section of the site. We will use a spreadsheet to lay this out. So we'll have each of the different pages in its own row on the spreadsheet. And then we'll use the bullet points to denote which pages are parents, which pages are child, and which pages are grandkids, I guess. <laughs> grandkids and great grandkids. Um, that's the structure side of things. Next, we move into conversion. Now, conversion planning for your website is absolutely vital. And this is why most websites built by design agencies don't convert. They don't generate any business. They're just pretty duds. You need to think about the goal of your site. Now, typically, you'll either be generating leads if you're a service company or a lead generation business, or you'll be generating e-commerce sales. 
You might have an affiliate site where your goal is to get people to click on affiliate links, or you might have a site that is monetized through display ads, in which case you want to show people ads and you want to show them content. But most of the listeners to this episode are going to be generating either leads or e-commerce sales. Now, if e-commerce sales are your goal, pretty straightforward. I don't need to tell you how to design a website for conversion. We've got loads of teardowns on e-commerce layout conversions. And if you're working with a platform like Shopify or WooCommerce, then lots of the e-commerce functionality is built in. That's not to say that there aren't lots of things that you can do to influence a conversion rate, but the fundamental goal of your website is clear. Where the fundamental goal of your website is maybe not so clear is if you're looking to generate leads and you need to choose what we call a call to action. This is going to be the way that you incentivize people to come a lead. Now, we've got a ton of videos on how to choose your call to action, how to generate a lead and how to turn that person into a sale. But in your website plan, you need to decide whether this call to action, the thing that you're offering, the incentive that you're giving someone to become a lead needs its own page or it's self-explanatory enough to just have a call to action form on every page. So let's go through an example. If you go to ExposureNinja.com and you go on our services page and down to our website design and development page, our call to action is to request a free website quote. So for people that want a website built by Exposure Ninja, we offer a free website quote. So when they click that button, it's pretty self-explanatory what you're going to get, right? You're going to get some form of quote. So we get a pop-up form that asks you for a bit of information about your business, your goals, your current situation. And then we will go away and put together a quote and film a video which analyzes your competitors and works out what you need to be including on your website. So this is a pretty straightforward thing. People want quotes, we're offering them a quote. There's not a huge amount of explanation needed. Whereas we also offer a free website and digital marketing review. This is a newer concept for people. If you're a long-term listener of the show, you definitely know what our CTA is. But to request your free website and marketing review, you can go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. This then explains what you get in your review, which by the way, is an analysis of your website, your competitor sites, your current digital marketing. And we break down exactly what you can be focusing on over the next six or 12 months to generate significant increase in sales through your site. We send this over to you by video, usually a 10 to 15 minute video, and usually you get it within two to three working days. This service is completely free of charge. Now, this is quite different to most website reviews out there, which are basically just a an automated tool where they just give you a whole bunch of crosses and tell you that your website loads in 2.8 seconds and it needs to be in 2.3 seconds. So we explain that on a separate page on our website. And if you click to request a free review on our site, you will go through to that separate page, which explains how it all works. So you need to decide whether you want, by the way, did you love the seamless integration of that ad. Oh, it's just amazing. Isn't it? Um, you need to decide whether you need a separate page on your site to pitch your call to action. If it's a little bit more difficult, sorry, if it's a little bit more different, if it's a little bit more involved, or whether you can just have a pop-up form or even just a form that is embedded on the side of the page. If you can, that is the simplest way to do it because you don't require people to go through another page on your site. You don't require any loading. There's no risk of that link breaking or anything. You're just giving people a form to fill in right there and then. Now for Tim's tiles for my fictional business, I'm going to do a free design and quote service. So I'm going to add that in as a separate page on my site because I'm going to explain how it's going to work. 
I'm going to explain that I'm going to take off my shoes when I come to your house to give you a quote. I'm not going to stand with my muddy boots all over your toys and bed sheets. I'm going to explain when I'm going to be coming, how long it's going to take, the fact that I'm going to be respectful, I'm going to maintain social distancing, I'm clean, I'm not going to spit and urinate on your floors, you know, all of these types of things. I'm going to remove any uh, perceived risk in inviting me over for this free design and quote service. I'm also going to show some examples of what the designs will look like so you can see that they are awesome. So I really kind of want to sell people on how amazing this free design and quote is because I want to generate as many of them as possible. And also because for something like that, I would want to pre-qualify people. So I wouldn't want to do everyone's. So I need to ask for a bit of information from people, probably including their address and postcode so I could have a look to make sure that they were in my target radius. Now, if I'm doing that, if I'm asking for a lot of information, I need to make sure that people are adequately sold on the benefits of this thing. If they're not, if I just say, hey, free design and quote, ask for your entire history and your address, you're going to be like, nah, drop me out. So you need to be completely sold on the benefits of this free design and quote service in order for me to get away with asking for that information. So I'm going to add a separate page. But if I was just offering something very quick, like a free consultation on the phone or just drop me a line, then I would just have a form on the side of my page, which didn't need much explanation. Now we're going to come back to conversion later when we talk about the wireframing stage. But for now, all we need to decide is what is your call to action? And are you going to have a separate page? Are you going to have a pop up box? Or is this just going to be a form or a button that is on the side of your site? So I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Don't forget to please leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We absolutely love getting the reviews. They really jazz us and we get super excited to hear about which episodes you're enjoying the most. So please leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And also don't forget you can check out the video version of this show on YouTube. Okay, the next stage of our planning process, and by the way, this is the three of five sections of this planning process. So this next section is all about SEO. Now thinking about SEO during the planning stage of your website saves you time. Just like the building of your website is an ongoing process and you're always going to be refining and optimizing and adding pages, so you will with SEO. SEO is not a one and done thing. SEO is something that you are continually doing. But having said that, getting as many of your ducks in the row at the start will save you time. Now, this podcast isn't all about technical SEO and going in depth on the SEO that you need to do on a website. This is about the planning stage, really. But one of the key activities during this planning stage of your website is working out the keywords that each of your pages will be targeting. If you do this before you write any copy, it means that you can write those pages with those keywords in mind. You can also structure the headings on those pages as well. So when we're building a website for a client, we will do keyword research for the website as a whole during the very early stages of planning. So we will identify what the primary and secondary keywords are that we need to be targeting on these on this website. And we will then map those keywords to each of the pages on the site. So we will look at which page should we really be targeting with this particular keyword. And also if we've got any spare keywords, which, you know, do they justify having their own pages? Or are there any pages that we can 
kind of cater and optimize those keywords for as well. So what we're really looking to understand before we make a single page on our website is to know the keywords that we want to be optimizing that page for. So for example, at Tim's Tiles, we know that we're going to rank for tilers, right? Tilers is the most general kind of broad term. Now, tilers is typically going to be a, uh, such a broad term that there's no single page on the site which is going to be best optimized for that, really, other than the home page. So the home page is a great page to target the broadest keywords that you're possibly going for. So things like uh, tilers, tiling company, Cobham, you know, that type of stuff that will be handled by the home page. Now, I'm also going to want to target different keywords for my subservices. So remember, and I'm going to remind myself, I'm going to be uh, doing um, bathroom tiling, kitchen tiling, tile cleaning, and tile repairs. So I'm going to want keywords relating to each of those different services to be in my main keyword list. And I'm going to have bathroom tiling keywords targeted from my bathroom tiling page. That page is best suited to rank and optimize for those keywords. So it makes sense that I would have those keywords being targeted on that page. Now we also use keyword research to influence the site structure itself, not just the copy on the page. So for example, if at this stage, we do some keyword research, and we identify that there is huge search volume for a topic that we actually don't have a page for in our site structure, we will revisit this with the client, we will go back to the page structure, and we'll say, okay, there's loads of search volume actually for roof tiles. Um, now, this may or may not be relevant for your business. But there's a lot of search volume here, we need to know whether we need to have a separate page on the site for that term. If this is something that you actually offer, then we would suggest going that route. So you can see here how we're already adapting uh, the site structure that we designed in step one based on our research and based on the SEO. So once we've got those keywords decided for each page in our spreadsheet, remember where we have a different page on each row, we will add a section for the primary and secondary keywords that we want each of those pages to target. We then move into the content planning stage. So once you've got your pages decided, you've got your site structure, you've got your keywords mapped to each of those pages, it's time to plan out your content. When we are writing content for client websites, we tend to write website copy in a Google Doc. This keeps it away from the design. Now, the downside of just writing completely away from the Google Doc is that you can end up writing really long form copy, which actually doesn't particularly suit the website that you are building for. So what you've got to keep in mind whenever you're writing for a website is that this content is going to be broken up, it's going to have subheadings, it's going to be appearing next to images for a particularly demanding site we will actually build a kind of wireframe in the Google Doc to show where each section of copy is going to sit. And we'll talk about the different images that might need to go in each section. But in our content planning doc, we will always have the different headings that we're going to have down the page. Now these different headings will be based on your keyword research. So let's say that I'm trying to target with uh, my Tim's tiling um, research, let's say that I'm trying to target things like uh, reliable tilers, emergency tilers and free tiling quotes, all on my bathroom tiling page, I would then have subheadings down that page, I would have free bathroom tiling quotes, I would have emergency bathroom tiling services. And then I would write some content or I would plan to write some content under each of these different headings, which talked about that aspect of my business. 
So we can see here that we're not just starting with a blank page and just writing, trying to thought about this topic. We're starting with some clear keywords, one specific focus for this page, i.e. bathroom tiling, and then subheadings with all of the subtopics that we want to talk about. We can then plan to flesh out the information about each of these subtopics. And that's how we build a page with a good amount of content that's not overkill. We're not talking about just writing thousands of words for the sake of it, but a good amount of content, plenty of information, answering all of our customers' objections. Now, you can also work out how many words of copy you will need for each page at this stage. You can do this based on how much content your competitors have got on their websites, or just think about if my perfect salesperson was in front of my perfect customer and my perfect customer asked about this topic, how much information would that perfect salesperson give them? And then use that as a guide for how much content to write on the site. So again, if we think about our website planning spreadsheet, we've got each of the different pages on the left-hand side. We've got them indented and bullet-pointed according to their parent-child, grandchild, great-grandchild relationship. We've got the keywords that we want to target on this page, and we've then got the number of words that we're going to be using on this page. We'll then have a link through to the copy plan for that page, which is where we write all the content where we write all the uh, the page headings and subheadings and all of that type of stuff as well. So we've planned out the majority of our front end of our website. We now can move into wireframing. So this is sort of a planning stage and sort of a design phase really. For each of the pages that we build, we will design a web uh, a wireframe. Now depending on the uh, the scope of the project, we might have a home page layout and we might have a service page layout, which we'll then use for each of the different service pages on the site. Or you might want to have different service page layouts for all of the different pages on your site, which obviously comes with a, a cost and time implication. And it's usually not necessary. So we will design a wireframe. Now in this wireframe, we're not trying to make something that looks good. So there's no color, there are no images. We won't even use, often we won't even use the fully written content. The point here is just to make a layout. It's a basic overview of what we think is the best journey for a visitor on the website. The reason that we don't include things like images, the reason that it's designed to look a little bit hand-drawn, a little bit basic, is because if we make it look pretty, everyone, and by everyone I mean the client and us, gets caught up in the colors, the pictures, and the feel. What invariably happens is we have a week-long conversation about the different color schemes, and let's use this picture, and let's use that picture. And what everybody forgets to focus on is the most important thing on the page, how does the user navigate this page? What's going on? What are the questions that are being asked? How do we get them to convert on this page? That's the really important stuff. So a little bit like planning out a journey. When you're planning out a journey, you're looking at the roads. You're looking at it from a big picture view, aren't you? What you're not doing is having a look at the scenery along the way and thinking, oh, that looks like a lovely tree because you get, then you get caught looking at trees rather than planning a journey. So the wireframe is supposed to look rubbish. It's supposed to look basic, like something that you would draw with a pencil on a piece of paper rather than something that you would sketch with watercolors. So the wireframe, and again, I'll show you the examples in the video if you want to watch the video version of this site, just is it's black and white, it's boxes, it's headings. And our goal here is to work out what does the user journey need to look like? 
Now you can wireframe on desktop and mobile so that you've got the equivalent journey for mobile visitors and desktop visitors. And here you're starting to think about the hierarchy and the order of information that people need to see in order to go from awareness, interest, desire, and then through to action and consideration. So that's the wireframing process. So only once that's done, and we've got this wireframe, which has all the headings from our content plan. It's got all the keywords that we're going to be targeting from our SEO work. And of course, we're designing wireframes to the pages that we've identified that we're going to need on our site. Only once we've done all of that, do we even think about design. So now you can appreciate why this is such a, a longer process and just throwing it into a designer and ending up with something that is pretty, yes, but doesn't actually do a useful job. Remember, think back to the employee um, illustration. This is a, an employee that needs to be designed. If you're designing an employee from scratch, you would not start with their, their physical features. You would start with their abilities, their skills, and the outcome that you want them to generate. So there you have it, the website planning process. We've been through the five stages. We started off by working out the structure of your website. You listed out all of the pages, either in a bullet point hierarchy or in a spreadsheet. You then thought through your conversion path. What's your main call to action? And does this need its own page or can it sit in a box at the side of the page or in a pop-up form if it doesn't need much explanation? For our e-commerce friends, this piece is really easy. You just want people to buy. So it's very straightforward. You're going to have your checkout after your product page. You're going to have your checkout thank you page and account page. And you don't really need to think about too much else because everything has been designed for you. For lead generation businesses, you want people to become a lead. So if your CTA is complex or your audience are nervous and need reassurance, your call to action might have its own page where you could have things like reviews and testimonials and examples to talk people through it. Then it's time for SEO. So we talked about keyword research and identifying your primary and secondary keywords, mapping them to each page on your site. So every single page on your site, before you start writing anything, you know which keywords you're trying to optimize that page for. Then we moved on to content, planning your content by choosing the headings for each page based on these keywords. And you can also at this stage write the titles and meta descriptions as well. Then you move into wireframing, which is where you start to plan out the layout of your page on different uh, on different devices. So one final thing to say, and it's a reminder from earlier, no successful website was ever finished. Your website is a living, breathing, evolving thing. So just because you've been through this long planning process, when you finish your website, don't think, oh yeah, well, that's that done now. I don't need to think about that for another 10 years. Your website is a little bit like your house, right? If you never fix your house, if you never redecorate it, it ends up looking absolutely dreadful. So you want to keep your website as fresh as possible. You want to be adding content um, and, and tweaking what's already there based on heat maps, based on analytics over time. This isn't something that should just be static one and done. It's not built in concrete. It's built in, I don't know, something more malleable. <laughs> so no plan ever survived first contact with the enemy is the other quote to give you as well. Your website will need to adapt and evolve. Don't be disappointed if you go through all of this planning process and then something doesn't work 100% perfectly. Going through this planning process will get you closer than if you don't plan at all. You're then going to adapt and evolve as you watch user behavior. That's okay. And that is right. Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. By the way, if all of this is too much, you know that you need a new website and you just want someone to do it for you, then obviously the team here at Exposure Ninja, we have a design and development team. This is what they do all day. 
So if you go to exposureninja.com forward slash review and request a free website and digital marketing review, we will have a look at your current website. And if we think that it needs improving, if we think it needs rebuilding, we will let you know. Don't worry about it. Um, also, but if you just want to go straight and get a quote from our website dev team, then just go to ExposureNinja.com, click on the services button, and then click on the website design and development button. You will then see a call to action, um, which is to request a free website quote. Fill that in and one of the dev team uh, will be in contact to discuss your options there. I hope you found this useful. Getting a website built is one of the most stressful marketing things you can do. There's no way around it, just like moving house, really. Uh, but it's also one of the most potentially rewarding things that you can ever do. And no one ever regretted investing time and money in a good quality website. It really can be the difference between the next level of growth for your business and staying where you are. So hope this has been useful. Until next time, see you soon.